He offers two bargains, the price is steep and dark. One takes your life and the other leaves a mark. If there's a third one, I never heard one. Choose for yourself, what's the fee? Nothing she gives is free. All I ever wanted was the truth. Remember those words as you read the ones that follow. I never set out to topple my father's kingdom of lies from a sense of misplaced pride. I never wanted to bleed the species to its marrow, reaving half the galaxy clean of human life in this bitter crusade. I never desired any of this, though I know the reason for which it must be done. But all I ever wanted was the truth. These are the opening lines to the Book of Lorgar. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lost Transmissions, a Battlefleet Gothic podcast set in the Age of Darkness. I'm here as our Dark Apostle with our usual host, Austin. I like like how you switched it up today. Yeah. For really, who here can bear the word besides you? I mean... Well, I I can only do as the gods direct me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And indeed, we are talking about um, my personal legion today, Word Bearers, the 17th legion um word bearers were a lot of fun to write they are coincidentally uh the only legion you can use to play just straight original bfg chaos yeah that's that's a fair point hadn't hadn't thought about that but yeah yep so if you just want to play regular old chaos for some reason uh you can play the word bearers uh so this is not going to be a two-for episode like our previous ones have been, uh, because the word bearers are there's enough nuance to their rules that we can fit a whole make a whole episode out of them. So but that's really, what we're gonna do. Really, it's because they're your baby, and you can talk about them for as long as we have time to talk about them. Which is much, in theory forever. Much like how space wolves were their own Legion episode. <laughs> yes. So the word bearers. Uh, instigators of the heresy, the word bearers sail into the void accompanied by hell itself. Their Gloriana is the Fidelitas Lex. They may also field an abyss class battleship. The special rule of the word bearers is called Voidborn Altars. Long since sold their soul long since sold their souls to the darker powers, the word bearers enjoy the patronage of the dark gods. Capital ships within a Stardace crew may take any Mark of Chaos, and the flagship gets a Mark of Chaos for free. Uh, now, we've gone over three of the Marks already. Uh, veteran BFG players know what the fourth Mark is and how it works, um, but we're going to get into it. Uh, notably, the word bearers have to pay higher costs for their Marks. They pay the original cost of the Marks, whereas uh, you know the Cult Legions have been able to do it at a relatively discounted price. Uh, I think roughly half price, or maybe just minus five points is... Uh... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's about it's about in there. And I like we didn't really do a uh, like succinct, all right, all of them are going to be discounted X amount. Yeah. Because uh, we took into account like how good they are. Like Mark of Corn, that's a good mark. It's no Mark of Nurgle. Yeah. So, like, you gotta, like, it's all right, all right, fine, five points, it's fine. Yep. Uh, so Some the word bearers can take the Mark of Corn for 10 points. They can take the Mark of Slanesh for 20 points. 
They can take the mark of Zinch for 25 points, and for a whopping 30 points, they can take the mark of Nurgle. Yep, and as a quick rundown, um, Mark of Corn, as we mentioned before, the ship doubles its value in boarding actions. That's not the same as doubling its whole number for the boarding action, because remember, boarding actions are weird. Um, but its base hull points, or if it's being boarded, the base hull points plus the turrets, that number gets doubled to see if you get uh, any bonuses. Marcus Lanesh, enemy ships within 15 centimeters of the vessel, suffer a minus two to leadership. That's real good. Get up close. Make them not be on orders. Murder them. Uh, Mark of Zinch. The vessel gains an additional reroll. Just 25 points. So it's the cost of buying your first reroll. And it is ship specific. Uh, So like even if your flagship with your Admiral on it has the Mark of Zinch, that reroll can only be for the Admiral's ship. He can't like parcel that out to somebody else. Um but for 25 points, man, why not? Yeah. And then Mark of Nurgle, which I believe is the one we haven't talked about, Steve? Uh, yes, the Mark of Nurgle only exists in the Wordbearer's fleet. Yes, uh, we and did not give it to the Death Guard for... Oof, yeah, because the Mark reasons. of Nurgle is the vessel gains an additional hull point and cannot be boarded. Full stop. Yeah. Um, we didn't give him to the Death Guard because until the Siege of Terra, they weren't actually Nurgle ships. Uh, and the cannot be boarded is like the additional hull point. Yeah, you could maybe see it on most Death Guard ships. They're a little beefier. They're a little more resilient and redundant facilities. But the cannot be boarded is really that, you know, Nurgle miasma that's just what the atmosphere is on the ship. Yep. Can't, you know, can't like, breathe. Can't yeah, get there. We're just on the, like, what, what, what's that? I smell the life eater virus. Uh, oh, no. yeah, probably shouldn't be on here. Even in power armor. Yep. Uh, and again, that one's 30 points. So it is the biggest and baddest, uh, and you pay an escort for it. Like that's the price of a Cobra. Yeah, it really is. Um, <laughs> but that I never thought about that point. before. Yeah. You could, you can either have an extra hole point and can't be boarded, or you could have a Cobra. Yeah. So while a lot of really all the other ones are just sort of, you know, everybody's got a spare couple of points, you know, 25 points to spare when they're building a BFG fleet, unless you really sort of finagle it. Uh, the Mark of Nurgle very deliberately needs to be like a decision you make to take. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see okay. now, now if you didn't know what the Mark of Nurgle was before, um, why we didn't give it to the Death Guard at a discount? Because um, boy, it is. It just imagine a whole fleet of whole point nine cruisers that can't be boarded. Yeah, like, and really, it's, it's can't already be hard enough to kill a cruiser. Yeah, and there are legions that you know, if if you're a, a World Eaters fleet and you go up against a Death Guard fleet, do you really want to just not be able to board at all? Yeah. You know, like there, there are a couple of legions that get bonuses to that. And we didn't feel it was quite just, uh, to have a fleet that was essentially, Hey, hard counter. Yeah. And especially since there's no real downsides to any of the marks of chaos person, mm-hmm. I like just because you're marked of Nurgle, it doesn't make you any slower or anything. Like it just, you're beefier and all you did was pay 30 points for it. Yep. So yeah. Which is an interesting, uh, now that you mention it, 
compared to like 40K or 30K, you know, if you give somebody a mark of corn, generally speaking, there's all there's a rule in there like you have to charge, you have to challenge, or, you know, with Zinch, you can get screwed with and the other guy gets an invul save out of it or whatever. But for BFG, it's just straight bonuses. Mm-hmm. Well, for you anyway. <laughs> yes. Straight bonuses for you and bad times for the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, the word bearers are, I think at least, uh, the most versatile Battlefleet Gothic fleet um, or Battlefleet Heresy fleet. Suck it, Ultramarines. Uh, because for a small investment of 15 points and then anywhere between 10 and 30 points, you can further upgrade a ship to do, to be better at any one job. Um, you know, if you want to pretend that you're Emperor's children and you want to make your light cruisers even more pesky than they already are, slap that Marcus Slanesh on them. Mm-hmm. And just watch them zip off into the night and ruin people's days. Yeah, uh, and it is real good just in in combination, right? Because one of the other reasons why we discounted it for a Legion is it's the only one you can take. Whereas this, you know, yeah, I can get a couple of ships with Mark of Slanesh and they can go do their thing and screw with the enemy's leadership. And then I have my Mark of Nurgle ship that will follow them in. Uh, don't have to worry about, you know, getting bordered if I'm too close or you know, maneuver poorly, got an additional hull point. They can't brace because of the Marcus Lanesh guys. Murder them. You know, being able to mix and match. Or like, mm-hmm. hey, I want a bunch of Marcus Lanesh ships, uh, but my sticks class carrier that's just gonna hang out in the backfield, I'm gonna give it Marcus Zinch so it can re-roll those reload ordnance checks. Yep. And I always put the Marcus Zinch on my sticks. It doesn't help. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And being able to put a mark on your flagship for free is, I mean, I always take the mark of Nurgle. I almost always put it on a grand cruiser or a battleship because uh, I like having a 13 hull point battleship or a 12 hull point grand cruiser or 11, sorry. And it is it a pain in happy. the ass. And yeah. again, it's cannot be boarded. It can still initiate boarding actions. It can mm-hmm. still do the hit and runs and all of that fun stuff. Uh, it just can't be dicked with. Yep. And that's real sad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> feels good mm-hmm. feels good um let's pop on over to the fidelitas lex uh clocking in at 460 points it is another retribution uh, hold gloriana battleship 12 speed 20 centimeters 45 degree turns four shields five up armor six up on the front four turrets it has um port and starboard weapons batteries at 45 centimeters each and firepower 18. It has three dorsal lances with a 60 centimeter range and it has nine prow torpedoes at, you know, torpedo speed. And you're like, okay, so another battery battleship. Cool. That doesn't really, can I put a mark of chaos on it? No, you cannot. Oh, but here's where the Fidelitas Lex is fun. All friendly vessels within 45 centimeters of the Lex may use its leadership, which, being a Gloriana, you will remember, is always 10. So right off the bat, anyone that it could conceivably shoot at, so long as it's friendly, is leadership 10. Yeah, that's, uh, that's real rude. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. If you've ever wanted to make sure that your entire fleet passed orders all at once, just hang out in Lorgar's shadow for once, and then, for the first time in your life, you'll be happy that Lorgar is your Primarch. <laughs> well, it might not be him, although if it's not him on the ship, it's going to be like Erebus or somebody, so hopefully it is. No, no, Erebus has his own ship. He doesn't need to be hanging out on the Lex. Get out of here, Erebus. <laughs> Damn it, Erebus is crawling in through the airlocks again. <laughs> He's in the vents. Get your broom. Um, but, so I, like I said a second ago, uh, you can't give the Fidelitas Lex a mark of chaos. But all enemy vessels and ordnance markers that end their movement within 30 centimeters of the Lex count as being in contact with blast markers. Oops. Which is... Uh, ugh. Yeah. So you may you may remember this uh, from our mm, last episode. Yeah, last episode. That's, uh, that's what the Scion of Prospero can do. Um, although we have worded it slightly different for the Lex to make the Lexes a little bit more impressive, because uh, the Scion of Prospero does not affect ordnance like the Lex does. So just to move within 30 centimeters of the Lex, as torpedoes, fighters, bombers, attack craft, whatever, there's a 1 in 6 chance you're just going to explode and die. Yeah. Uh-huh. Feels bad. <sighs> and any ship that does it, any capital ship, uh, is going to count as being in blast markers and therefore having no shields when it ends its movement. Well, it doesn't regenerate shields. Correct. It does not regenerate its so shields. So if it has shields and stops, it just has less shields. But, you know, you're also within 30 centimeters of a Gloriana. Mm -hmm. So the odds of you having shields is pretty low. Yeah, and, and that's even back. without taking into account, like, the your narrative. Minus, your minus one leadership for your leadership checks. Yeah. Uh, it really is as close as we could get to, like, a mark of undivided. Mm -hmm. I mean, souped up because obviously Gloriana, but it's got that undivided. Yeah, we make things a little bit better leadership wise for you and like screw the enemy. Yep. Which I feel is a universal across. I mean, even the old fantasy, the mark of undivided was a leadership bonus, I think. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah it's just fun. replace that giant eagle on top of the uh, retribution model with a big eight pointed star and uh, go to town. Yeah, because they had 50 years to get ready, so they did all those little niceties. Yep. All the eagles were taken away. In fact, uh, in the short Butcher's Nails, uh, the Fidelitas Lex is kind of given a really good description where all of the ship's eagles have been, like, ground off or defaced or covered over, and it's just stars and spikes as far as the eye can see. This is called foreshadowing. Dun, dun, dun. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, but that's not the—that's not the funnest part about the Fidelitas Lex, not in my opinion, anyway. If the Fidelitas Lex is destroyed in a campaign, it may be replaced with an Abyss-class battleship, of which there were only three, and were the most impressive. Thing they were bigger than Gloriana's. Yeah, although let's be fair, we only really talk about two of them because, well, that book was <clears> done. <throat> Sorry, Furious Abyss. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just another moon at McCrag now. Uh. Which I wonder if 
the Furious Abyss's, like, corpse is big enough to count as a satellite. I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, I mean, as a satellite, certainly, as a moon. No, certainly not a moon, but, like, it probably is I mean, the rival the in size of some of those uh, real big asteroids that, you know, float out yeah, on like, the... is it smaller than Phobos or Demos? Like, you couldn't tell you. I don't know the size of Mars's moons. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'm not an astronomer. Or a physicist or any of those other people that calculate moons. Yeah, I don't calculate things. Yeah. Never tell me the odds. We're more of a de- we're more of a declarative group. We just declare things. We don't we don't really it's put true. any math into it. It's true. Thought is not what we do best. Yeah, <clears throat> we're idea men, not numbers. <laughs> um so the Furious Abyss, or rather the Abyss-class battleship being Furious Abyss, Trisagion, and Blessed Lady, uh, counts as the Fidelitas Lex for all instance and purposes. So, again, you get the same leadership bonus and um, fuck-with-your-opponent bonus, just on a bigger, more impressive chassis. Uh, it uses the profile for the Planet Killer, which is page 36 of Armada. With the bonus of orbital mines. Yay! Yes, it has a uh, strength two aft launch bay that may deploy orbital mines. Uh, Because the Fidelitas Lex could deploy like psionic mines that could disrupt the warp in its wake. So ships pursuing it get some pretty nasty surprises. Mm -hmm. It's it's rough. It's a bad time. Um, The Abyss cannot be used in a fleet that currently has the Lex. Uh, and you may never have more than one abyss. So let's take a quick look at the Furious Abyss's profile. (laughs) 505 points. Uh, Technically, the planet killer, right? So it's Battleship 14. Uh, It's still kind of fast, because it's still a 20-centimeter vessel. 45-degree turns, four shields... Five up armor all around, and five turrets. Uh, Prow weapons batteries, 60 centimeters, firepower 12. Port and starboard weapons batteries, 60 centimeters, firepower 6. Dorsal lances, 60 centimeters, firepower 6 again. Six lances. Prow torpedoes, firepower 9. And the uh, Armageddon gun. And before we get into the Armageddon gun, should point out that those prow torpedoes are left, front, right. Yeah, they can fire in any direction. Any important well, direction. Any Don't important let anybody direction. get behind you. Um, but that's important just because of how often, you know, you're coming at somebody. Torpedoes are generally kind of long range or if you get in front of somebody is like a short range executioner. But this son of a bitch can do it in like the normal. Yeah, we're passing for broadsides. Ha-ha! Suck nine torpedoes! Have some torpedoes! Bad time. Bad time. But not as bad as the Armageddon gun. Yes. The Armageddon gun was the chaos answer to the Nova Cannon, at least crunch-wise. It has only ever, fluff-wise, appeared on the Planet Killer. Presumably, it's such a gigantic weapon that they don't even know how to build it on something smaller than the Planet Killer. It's nuts. Yes, all of this is really just like a space-born A-10. They had a gun, they built a ship around it. Yeah. 
So, how do you fire the Armageddon gun? So, first of all, it cannot be fired if the ship has been crippled, or is on burn retros, all ahead full, or brace impact. It can only be fired in the front arc. So to fire the Armageddon gun, what you do is you grab the Nova Cannon template, and remember that it's just slightly smaller than a small blast. So if you want to use a small blast, you're kind of fudging your sizes there a little bit. Yeah, and your hole will be a little small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so find one. So you take that template, and you touch the planet killer's stem. Then you move it directly forward 90 centimeters. If the hole at the center of the template template passes over any ship's base, so friend or foe, that ship automatically suffers D6 hits. If any other part of the template moves over the base, then it just suffers one hit. Um, these take down shields as normal. Ordnance touched by the template is just gone. It's destroyed. Um, and once the Armageddon gun has fired, it must build up another charge of energy, so you have to use reload ordnance before it can be fired again. If you roll uh, the double six for the ordnance check, the gun has disastrously malfunctioned, inflicting a critical hit on the planet killer and rendering the gun useless for the rest of the game. Um, on any other roll of a double, so ones, twos, fours, etc., uh, you can fire one more time before it must be shut down to prevent overloading. So be careful with it. It's a little temperamental. I mean, <laughs> it, it is. So there's only a, oh, again, just illustrating the one fact that 12. we're not numbers people. One in 12 is the number you're looking for. Thank you. There's a one in 12 chance that you'll be able to not use it after that, uh, after that reload order. But anything else, oh boy, beware of anything that is within the front arc, not even the front arc, sorry, just directly ahead of the uh, of the planet killer. Woe betide anything that gets in the way. Because uh, that's... Uh, I mean, it is interesting in that it doesn't have an arc. You've got to be pointed right at your target. So it's a little tricky to get that full-on D6 hit. Um, but it's also interesting is that it's the only weapon in the game that I can think of that treats that like you must treat the, the plane as flat in your mind, right? Cause the Nova cannon goes out and that template, like you can kind of see it's a sphere. So if there's a ship above or below, you know, all right, fine. It all gets hit. Um, but this is the only thing that it just assumes that an infinite number of ships, that happen to be directly in front of the planet killer are just lined right up to take a beating. Um, well, it's important to note that fluff wise, at least um, the Armageddon gun doesn't fire like a beam, you know, mm-hmm. um, it more or less fires a cone and anything in that cone gets hit. Yep. It's a bad time. Mm-hmm. It's bad time. If, if you, if the name didn't give it away, this thing was built to destroy planets and has. Woe betide all good men who yep. find themselves in the gun, in the in the sights of the Armageddon gun. But interestingly enough, so as you would expect, the planet killer during exterminatus missions is your exterminator. For those of you that you know missed that subtlety, um, however. If you use the Armageddon gun for 
any reason except to exterminate that planet, it no longer counts as the exterminator. And the Chaos player loses the battle automatically, which is hilarious because I know that somebody has fired it <laughs> not remembering that rule. And like two turns later, their Imperial buddy was like, hey, you lost the game like two turns ago, bro. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't can't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, if you weren't aware, it doesn't show up in Betrayer, uh, which is where the Blessed Lady makes its appearance and does most of its most of its craziness. Uh, the Abyss class battleship is kind of trident shaped, and in the main, the center uh, body in the prow, there's this big, huge plasma weapon that just melts cruisers and planets, presumably. Hmm. It's a big ship. So, if you've never read Furious Abyss, uh, Betrayer, I don't know what else it shows up in, really. There's at least, at least one other one. Not in any, uh, not in any significant capacity. Um, this is the secret ship that uh, Kelbor Hall built for the Wordbearers Legion at the behest of Horus. He built three of them. Uh, and I think it took like eight years to finish it. To finish one, or maybe all three, a long time. Which it's really a big is ship. remarkable, uh, considering how long it takes the 40k universe to build anything. Yeah, and something of this size, no less. And they kept it secret the whole time. Nobody in the Imperium knew about it. And even they built it in the Soul System. <laughs> yeah, even uh, even other traitor Primarchs didn't know about it, right? Because Lorgar is about to attack Armatura, and he's talking to Magnus's psychic projection, and uh, Magnus is like, it says in so many words, I bet you really wish you had the Furious Abyss right now. And Lorgar says, oh, well, I'm not worried. And he says, did you build another one? And the warp opens up, and out comes the Trisagion and the Blessed Lady, and he says, no, I built three. Burn. Stupid yes. Magnus. <laughs> dumb Magnus. Where's your warp site now, <laughs> you big dumb nerd? Yeah. So there are actually a couple of other fun scenarios um, designed with the planet killer in mind, um, which, at least at this point, are ahistorical for the Horus heresy, uh, and that I don't think either of these things actually happened or hasn't been told to happen yet. But they're fun ideas for a mission. The first is to uh, play a surprise attack, but rather than have the traitor fleet orbiting a planet, the traitor fleet is orbiting the planet killer, like you've caught them at anchor. Uh, and then the attackers have to cripple the planet killer to win the game, which seems awesome. Uh, and the second one, which just seems sort of wild, is that you do the convoy scenario with the planet killer counting as eight transports. So it's essentially, you know, you've got your Abyss-class battleship. It's on its way. It's got its, you know, close escort around it, getting ready to jump off to its next scenario. And, you know, some loyalist fleet figured out, oh, God, that planet killer's right there. It's away from the entire fucking fleet. Let's give it a go. Uh, 
and you just play a convoy scenario with a planet killer um, if it makes it off um, either undamaged or crippled the or I'm sorry if it gets if it gets off without being crippled the chaos player wins uh, and if it's crippled or destroyed the attacker wins which seems real hard to do uh, especially because obviously it's an abyss class battleship not technically a planet killer so it does have those other fun fidelitas lex bonuses we talked about earlier but it seems like a good challenge right so if you're there's actually yeah there's a couple ones in armada yeah. that are, that kind of center around the planet killer um chance encounter is one of them yeah and honestly they they also wouldn't be terrible scenarios to try uh with any of the Glorianas. Yeah, there's a, a story in uh, book five, I think, or maybe book six, one of them. Uh, it's called The Chronicle of Ashes, which was a, another Word Bearers Gloriana, uh, because apparently the Word Bearers just got the cream of the crop when it came to super battleships. Uh, but they, uh, this squad, this company, of ultramarines is just out you know doing ultramarine things during the during the shadow war and they come across this battleship that's being hounded by a couple of escorts and it's the word bearers gloriana chronicle of ashes and they board it and they kill everyone on board and they get to take it home and it's a fun little prize um but there's there's a historical precedent for gloriana's being hunted like that mm -hmm. Yeah, this would be a fun trick. Yeah. Uh, like all of the... Um, <clears throat> uh, like all of the Glorianas, you know, the Fidelitas Lex, and thus the Abyss-class battleship, does have a narrative profile. Um, so the Fidelitas Lex is Gloriana 24. Uh, still 20 speed, still 45 degree turns. It goes up to 8 shields. Armor stays the same, 5 up, 6 up goes up to eight turrets. It packs 36 weapons batteries on its port and starboard side, packs nine dorsal lance batteries, and 12 prow torpedoes, which is pretty run-of-the-mill for the um, for the narrative Glorianas, right? Uh, but then you take the planet killer, which, oh boy. It's not written here. We kind of ran out of space to put it. Um, and I think our original intention was that you use the use kind of the same logic. For the most part, we either double or triple a lot of values in order to make the narrative profile. So you do basically the same thing for the planet killer. And we just kind of hoped that you would figure that out on your own because we didn't have enough space to put it on the page. Yeah, we um, also figured that the planet killers, um, even though it's an abyss class and like in your head, you know, it's bigger than a Gloriana um, because it was an actual ship, right? We didn't mess with any stats. We didn't do anything. It's just straight from uh, games workshop that people were less interested in getting the like narrative version, quote unquote, um, which, we might be right about, we might be wrong about. Hell, we might update this with the stats for 
a narrative of this class ship at some point. Who knows? Well, um, if you want to play with a narrative abyss class, um, go with the following numbers. Battleship, 42. 20 centimeters of speed, 45 degree turns. Um, eight shields, five up armor, 10 turrets. Uh, 60 centimeter prow weapons batteries, firepower 36. 60 centimeter port weapons batteries, firepower 18. 60 centimeter starboard weapons batteries, Firepower 18, um, 60 centimeter dorsal lances, firepower 18, uh, 15 prow torpedoes, firing left, front, right, and the Armageddon gun. Which I don't know that you necessarily need to tweak the Armageddon gun at all for narrative purposes, but if you want to, uh, you know, if the center hole passes over something in the course of its firing, 2d6 hits instead of d6 mm-hmm. and then what d3 if the uh rest of the template moves over yeah it's that, that sounds fine yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. sounds great there we uh, go just go for it um naturally the planet killer counting as the fidelitas lex is subject to all of the um all of the narrative rules for gloriana's so like it still has carrier capacity so it can still launch six squadrons of various types of hawks. Um, still has the three-up save against criticals, uh, fleet killers, super massive, all that stuff. Yeah, all that great stuff. It's one big ass ship. She's a big girl, and she's real nasty. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, even another Gloriana, you know, because the uh, Blessed Lady, I think, took on the... Uh, McCrag's honor and I think lost like <laughs> I think at one point betrayer maybe three quarters into the battle is like and then they finally broke the blessed lady shields and one of its cathedrals caught fire oh no and it's like yeah cool the guns are still firing <laughs> sick um but yeah that's it man as far as like crunch for word bearers goes um some of the favorite ships that I like to use with the word bearers, uh, being primaris, primarily a chaos player, I have a lot of chaos models. You say primarily them. like you've ever played Loyalists? Uh, I have Eldar now. Yeah, for Epic, though, it didn't count. Oh, well, all right, fine, damn. <laughs> be that way. Um, Look, do you really want to be known as an Eldar player? No, not really, all but right. like, you know. Most of my armies are chaos armies, and then I have one army that's not. So, primarily a chaos player. Although I guess I could could play pre-fall Eldar, and, you know... Just, go, just go whole hog. Yeah. Now we're all chaos, <laughs> all the time. So, like, in a 900... This is a 900... Take a heavy Hades cruiser, Hades cruiser... With a Stardust crew, a five-point starter that you can build for work. And your free uh, Mark of Chaos will be the Mark of Nurgle. You can take two Devastation Cruisers at 190 points each. Uh, the Monstrous Squadron, is what I've named it, is three swords and two Firestorms. And the Sin Drinker, a Crusader Cruiser with a Stardust crew and Mark of Slanesh. Um, 
that Crusader cruiser kind of just hangs out on its own until it inserts itself into a fight and then just starts lashing out with big ol' weapons batteries and uh, ruining everybody else's day with the Mark of Slaanesh. Mm-hmm. This episode was made possible by the generous support of our patrons, starting with our Praetor tier, Alex Self, Chris Mack, Joe from Music City Heresy, Garner.Tree of Woe, Matthew Boyce, Jacob Dillon, Mr. Baldwick, and Nicholas Quenga. Our Centurion tier, John Christensen, Angry Boy, Black Label Painting, Andrew N., Scott LeMay, The Original Applesauce, M. Tanzer, and Queen Corswain. And finally, our Legion Sergeant tier, Emily O'Hare, Duncan, Travis Smith, Garrett Lowe, Aaron Maynard, and Nicholas Gillen. Thank you all very much, and if you like our episodes and would like to support us, go over to patreon.com forward slash rr30k podcast. Thank you. Uh, my personal favorite ship to use in a Wordbearer's fleet is the Styx. Uh, and it amazes me that we've gone this long without ever talking about the Styx before, so we're going to do it right now. We've specifically been saving it. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, a great multitude of Styx-class hulls were laid down in the dockyards of uh, Cypramunda in service to the Great Crusade. Facing fierce competition from Mars, it is estimated that several hundreds of these vessels were constructed over the course of the Crusade, many quickly being put into service among those legions who frequently found themselves at the very edge of Imperial space. The Wordbearers took on seven Styx cruisers in 965M30, and three went to the Blood Angels in late 4 M31. In particular, the Horn of Gabriel was among the battered vessels to return with the Legion from Cygnus Prime, although the vessel was so badly damaged that it had to be scuttled and set to drift at the edge of the solar system when the Blood Angels returned to Terra. The Sticks, uh, the Wordbearer's Sticks, Hangman, is the subject of many oaths of the Space Wolves, and it has escaped final destruction at their hands several times. For its part, the enmity is entirely mutual. I do hate that ship. That's my sticks for those of you paying attention. Uh, the sticks in my fleet is named the Hangman, and uh, I, I it's like eternal. Uh, Go ahead. You can tell Stephen wrote this particular section of the fluff because it has not escaped final destruction. Uh, it has, in fact, been destroyed several times. Yes. <laughs> Uh, by, it's, by the same Dauntless over yeah, and over again. The, 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 the hangman is really why I hate Dauntly so much. <laughs> uh, one Dauntless and Fate in particular, the Hyala, uh, Austin's stupid Lance Dauntless that I just constantly is a thorn in the hangman's side. Yeah, he can't um, seem but, to kill it. <laughs> if. I ain't no lie. And it always uh, seems to cause it to have a bad day. But I do agree. It, of all the heavy cruisers, I do like the sticks best. Yeah, it's, I mean, so the sticks, we, um, did we get the points value right? We did. Someone pointed out to us at one point that we had the points value for the sticks wrong, so I just wanted to make sure that I have it correct right now. I do. Uh, sticks heavy cruiser, 290 points. 25 centimeters of speed, so she's speedy. It's a it's a pretty standard chaos hull, really. Mm -hmm. um, 45 degree turns, two shields, five up armor, three turrets. A respectable amount of turrets. Uh, prow weapons battery, 60 centimeters, um, firing left, front, right, firepower six. And two dorsal lance batteries, 60 centimeters, firing left, front, right. Uh, so it is a long-range support heavy cruiser, um, but not quite in the same vein as the Acheron. And in fact, you don't take the sticks for its long-range guns. 
You take the sticks for its three squadrons each, port and starboard launch bays. Which is... Six glorious squadrons of Dreadclaws zipping out from wherever they want, really. Yeah, so it's it's a 50% increase over a normal cruiser's you know, carrier capacity. But that doesn't really paint the whole picture, at least not to me. Because uh, generally, when you've played BFG for a while you realize that the four wave, the four squadron wave is kind of the standard package, right? For going and doing stuff. Cause just what everything launches, right? Anything less than that. And the turret values start playing havoc with you. Uh, and four, four, usually you'll get something through. Uh, but with the sticks, you can have that four, and still pop off a couple of fighters to be cap, right? So even first turn, you can launch that, you know, strike uh, wing, quote-unquote. Uh, but when you have a six-squadron wave, it's just infinitely better than the four-squadron wave. Uh, kind of like how two tanks is four times better than one tank, even though there's only twice as many tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, because what'll happen is, if you remember, when bombers attack cruisers or capital ships at all, they each roll a D6 and then subtract the number of turrets. And for each fighter token you have, you get to ignore one of the turrets for these purposes. So sometimes, you know, your fighters get blown to pieces on the way in and you're still having to subtract two from each die and suddenly you only get one attack die. Hooray. So good. But with a six bomber wave or a six attack craft wave, suddenly you can kind of look at the enemy and if it's just a two turret cruise, you can say, all right, well, uh, I'm going to put three fighters in there. And then, you know, the mass says one of them dies and my bombers are still rolling all of their dice. And even if it does go super bad, it's still only minus one from the die. Uh just still four bombers then yeah it's just yeah or you know you can roll the dice a little bit uh, and say you know what i'm gonna have two fighters and four bombers going through and like see how you like them apples Mm -hmm. uh or if you've got that sort of three and three mix and you see a torpedo salvo go by you don't feel bad about detaching one squadron of fighters to go deal with that because there's still enough to provide a decent amount of cover for when your bombers go in or you can be a madman and, you know, throw uh, throw some assault boats into that mix. See how that works out for you. That's what I like to do. I do two fighters, two assault boats, two bombers. Oh, and so I can just I can just blanket uh. a, a whole wide variety of problems onto the enemy. Yeah, um, just mm, nothing. Gets and while hard. we're talking about the sticks here, you know, we haven't gone over a ship class in particular uh, in a few episodes. So the sticks, um, previously when playing Battlefleet Gothic, you know, you played either Chaos or Imperium, or if you were a crazy person, you liked Eldar Orcs or Necrons or what have you. Space Marines, whatever. Mm, Yeah, right. But I mean, we all know that the true way that Battlefleet Gothic was meant to be played was Chaos versus Imperial Navy. (laughs) Anyway, um, if you were an Imperial Navy player, you had two choices, really, until Armada came out. Uh, for your carriers, you had the Dictator, 
where you had the Emperor. Or the Mars. There was the Mars. Or the Mars. Okay. But the Mars well, the, is just a dictator with a Nova cannon. Yeah. So you basically had a choice between what? Uh, either two uh, or four squadrons launched or eight? Is or that eight, how many yeah. Emperor you can either out? super overkill. Yeah. Or, you know, be average. Or be average, right? But here at Battlefleet Heresy, we're not about overkill. We're also about slightly above average. That's right. It's, so the sticks slots in nicely in the Battlefleet Heresy fleet list in that it is it has more than a dictator, but not quite as much as an emperor, and is cheaper than an emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the there emperor are some being three hundred and forty-five points. Yep, yep. Because there are some times when you know traditionally. Once your fleet hits a thousand or more than a thousand, you want a carrier, right? Just to have something. Um, and you know, you can't find one of those damn strike cruisers on eBay. You don't really have much options. Like it's hard to find smaller carriers than four. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they have their own problems operating individually. Just like we said, you know, you send a fighter and a bomber after a cruiser, there's a decent chance both of them will die and you've just wasted a fighter and a bomber. So mass is important for attack craft. So you'll get to that, you know, 1750 range and you're like, God, at least as an Imperial Navy player, I'd be like, man, two dictators is like a little overkill for carrier capacity, but one seems a little undergunned. Uh, and I was never really happy with the choices I made. Um, now though, you just bring a sticks and all worries are solved. Yep. Uh, and the sticks is a, it's a, you know, it's still a beefy ship at yeah. eight hull points. Mm -hmm. It's a cruiser. And it can look after itself. Like it's not going to stand toe to toe with something that gets to it untouched. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause it's only six weapons and two lances. Um, but you know, a couple of Nova's break through your lines. The sticks can see it off. Yeah. Um, or more Importantly, at least when I feel the hate when Steven uses it, those 60 centimeter lances and weapons batteries are putting that last point of damage on something that's trying desperately to get away. Uh, yeah, one of the really nice things about the sticks is that that 60 centimeter range allows it to stay out of the, out of the main firing line. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot harder for you know a bunch of ships that have 30 centimeter guns to really bully the sticks into staying away and keeping its its carrier capacity out of the fight. The sticks doesn't worry about that. It just sits back and just drops out wave after wave of attack craft while uh, plinking off hull points with lances. Mm -hmm. And the fact that all of its weapons are left front right, right? Like if you have a dictator and it does find itself in like the same predicament, like if there are a couple of escorts trying to screw with it, it has to do a lot of maneuvering to get at the right place at the right time to try and fight back. Uh, if it doesn't want to shove uh, its attack craft squadrons at the problem, which it should, right? Because why waste attack craft on a couple of escorts? Uh, whereas the sticks can keep sailing in whatever direction keeps it out of harm's way from the main fight. And because it's guns to left, front, right, it can still blow those pesky escorts out of the water. I would include light cruisers in that list, but Steven's sticks is <laughs> either cursed or proved definitively that you need more than a sticks to handle a Dauntless. <laughs> I, uh, at this point, it's, it's any, 
could be either. Yeah, um, we, we don't know. We don't know. The Styx is versatile. The Styx works really well in a lot of fleets. Like if we just go over the ones that we've gone over in the past three episodes, um, specifically in that we can emulate these with the Marks of Chaos from the Word Bearers. Um, the Styx Heavy Cruiser works great in a Word Bearer, not Word Bearers, World Eaters fleet. Uh, it's fast at 25 centimeters with two shields and eight hull points means it can take a beating before it's um, before it dies. But before it dies, it's going to get within 30 centimeters of the enemy. It's going to use chariots of slaughter, and you're going to launch anywhere between seven and nine waves of attack craft. But, ah, nasty. So many attack craft. That, that's my official uh, rating for that. Just, <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. Um, if you want to take it in a uh, Death Guard fleet, Death Guard automatically pass Brace for Impact. So again, you can kind of, with your two shields and eight hull points, carefully get into position, uh, absorbing fire, mm-hmm. and passing it off on Brace for Impact. Um, because Damn. it has six carrier capacity collectively, uh, halved down to two. Yeah. Uh, because they're each um, three launch bay. you have mm-hmm. with a good round. Yep. So you're only giving up two squadrons to brace for impact, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. And assuming you don't die or get crippled in the resulting, uh, fire, then when it rolls back around, you're launching six again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thousand suns free, like, 20 points for a command reroll on a heavy carrier? Yes, please, mm-hmm. always. Yep, same thing with um, Ultramarines. They get that extra reroll for free. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to pay for it. They can do the same thing. But really, oh boy, Sons of Horus can really make this work. If you recall, the Sons of Horus get Terminators for free on their flagship. You make the stakes, your flagship. Congrats, you've got Terminators. But the fun part is that any hit-and-run attack launched from the flagship rolls 2d6 and takes both of them. So the Styx is just vomiting out four Dreadclaws a turn with two little fighter escorts to deal with turrets. And then it jumps on you, and you have a whole world of problems because, oh my god, it's the... uh... Steven, you've, you've gone mad with power. What did I do? When any ship equipped with Terminators makes a teleport attack. Ah. Mad with power, ladies and gentlemen. Mad with power. I, <laughs> even so, uh, it's still it's still a lot of Terminators. I mean, it it's still good. I was going to say, I don't really think there's a spot for I mean, not that there's not a spot for it in the Sons of Horus, but there's I don't think it specifically everything. benefits um, just because it's trying to stay out of the way. But you can look at it this way. When you're playing that 1750-point game where normally you'd want two carriers of some sort, uh, you can take the sticks instead, and then you have an extra ship that you can put Terminators on to go mess with people. It's true. Hooray! The sticks is objectively better than any of the Grand Cruiser carriers uh, that it competes with. Yeah, like the Exorcist. While cheap, right? It's only 230 points. Um but two squadrons each side, port starboard firepower of eight at 45 centimeters. And no eh. assault boats. No assault boats. It does have an extra shield. Um, so it's better as like a, at 15 centimeters, weirdly, even though it's got 45 centimeter range, just something, you know, that's gunning with the enemy 
and trading broadsides. Um, but yeah, that's not. Eh. Take it for style points because it's a cool looking ship. Yeah. Uh, then what else do we got? The Retaliator class. Oh, same poor, thing. Poor Three Retaliator. Shields. What are you I mean, doing with your life? It's not the end of the world. It has six weapons battery and a couple of lances out each side. It's not terrible. All right. Statistically speaking, it has the same uh, guns as the sticks. Uh, but for only 20 points cheaper, you, you again only have two squadrons and you can't launch assault boats. That's true. But this is with another one that you want in the middle of the enemy. And it's got two extra hull point. Yeah, and an extra shield. Yeah, All right, so. maybe the retaliator can compete with the sticks, but but then you boy. have to find a retaliator is really the problem. Yeah, because this yeah, is the other can... great thing about the sticks is there's a million of them. Mm-hmm. It's standard it's... standard GW plastic. Yep, it's that standard plastic kit. You'll pay like eight bucks on eBay for one, uh, and they're a delight. They should be yes. if you're if you're trying to play just regular BFG as a chaos player, you must have one flat out like must mm-hmm. take yep. uh, and if you're trying to get in the Battlefleet heresy on a budget and you stumble across one snap it up because like i said it provides so much value as a carrier um that it's it's really if you're only you know if you can only have six ships in your entire fleet this should probably be one of them yeah uh, we both like it a lot the only downside that i think the sticks has is its point cost Almost battleship price tag. It is 290 points for a five-up armor, eight-hull point cruiser with two shields. Yeah. Um, the sticks, because of its price point, uh, is going to probably struggle in a one-on-one fight to make its points back. And almost any ship that manages to get it in a bad spot and kill it or force it to disengage is doing the Lord's work because... It's so expensive. It's making, you know, any Imperial cruiser 180 points is uh, is going to be making bank in terms of victory points by forcing this thing off the board or by killing it. Yeah, my uh, my Dauntless squadron, which is what like a two twenty because they're 110 uh, each, aren't they? Twenty and then another thirty, so it's 250 points, right? 110 mm-hmm. each, and then Space Marine crew. Um, seem to have the hangman's number, at least, uh, and regularly make a ruination of Steven's sticks. And again, it's a 290-point ship. They're doing good work. Mm-hmm. Even more so if you manages to get, you know, escorts on it. If you have a full squadron of escorts mm-hmm. that just jump on it and stay on it the whole game. Because what are you going to do? Spend six launch bays to kill escorts? Yeah, it's inefficient, and as I think we mentioned last episode, like not only is it sort of a waste of attack craft, but they're they might not even do the job because yeah. of how defensive turret fire works, and you've got to pick individual ships to attack, and it's a mess. If you're sending attack craft after escorts, you've got some sort of desperate situation going on. Um, mm-hmm. But all that being said, it can generally stay out of the way uh, of enemy ships, and it's. It's real good. It's real good. We love her to death. I love the sticks. Um, when we do our, when we inevitably get around to doing another Battlefleet Heresy event, we'll just have a sticks award, and that's for who's just best. Because who do sticks. I like the most? <laughs> no, that's the sticks award is for the best player. Oh, 
Best 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 cruiser for the best player. <laughs> That's how we're doing it. Yeah, I decided the man to do the Hooray. Yep. Here you go. Here's your gold plated sticks. <laughs> um but yeah, for all that, the word bearers are pretty they're deceptively uh simple for looking at, you know, all those marks and thinking, well, I got all these ships and all these marks. There's so many combinations, and there are. But Ultimately, they all kind of fall into four general categories. You know, you want to be tougher? Do you want to board? Do you want to reroll stuff? Or do you want to make other people sad? It's true. And um, you don't have to do any of those, right? We we should point it out. I mean, that does seem like a bit of a waste because you get free stuff on other, you know, Legion fleets. Um, but if you're trying to play a small game and you want some Space Marine crew... And you want to play word bearers, you don't have to put a mark on it. Yeah. And you do get one for free. Again, that's the important thing yeah, to remember. You do get a free small mark. games. Yeah. Getting a free mark is fantastic. Yeah, it's delightful. Again, put the mark of Nurgle on a on a sticks and you've got a whole nine whole point sticks. Of course, it's also an extra forty-five points, but hey. <laughs> it's fine. But it's got that better leadership for being a Stardis crew, which and that's the other thing. Uh for a sticks, you're if you're playing in a Stardis fleet, it's got to have a Stardis crew, right? That mm -hmm. bonus to leadership for a carrier is critical. Um, so Plus it doesn't four, four Thunderhawks on a yeah. on a cruiser. Yeah, so it doesn't feel like a fifteen point drag, really. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think but, uh, that's about all I got. Yeah, you know, uh, despite it being my favorite Legion, um, it was a relatively. I mean, I think it's nice and succinct. It, it's been an hour. Oh, well, time <laughs> flies when you're having fun. Right? <laughs> well, um, I guess that means that our time together has come yet again to an end, dear listeners. But don't worry. We will be back. Um, tell us how you like our new uh, art, because that should be up by the time that you see this episode. Oh, yeah. That's real. Yeah, that was really exciting. Had, um, Kurt drew that, didn't he? Kurt. Oh, suddenly I can't remember his last name. We no. were not prepared to give him a shout out, but it looks uh, real good. Yes. We'll have Jesse put it in the title. Yeah, we'll have Jesse put it in the title or uh, in his little. Yeah, whenever his, he announces the new art. Yeah, who knows when Jesse does anything. It's It just happens and we're like, the ways of The ways of the tech priest are mysterious and unknowable. Indeed. So, um, yeah, that's all for Word Bearers. Next time, join us for whatever it is we decide we want to do. We might take a break from Legions again just to, uh, to do something fancy. Who knows? Who knows? Not us. Mm -mm. Ah, until then, though, good hunting. Whoever has wisdom can guess what lies unsaid. Cost of the gift to the living and the dead. Still, if you feel you'll gain from the deal, you'll play with the old morning star. No need to travel far. Thanks for listening to another podcast from the Remembrancers Retreat. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also find our swag store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash rr30k podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at RR30K Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Remembrancers underscore Retreat. You can also visit our website, RR30K.com, for podcast updates and the Battlefleet Heresy Compendium. You can also leave us a voicemail for us to play on a future podcast at 1929-437-3791. That's 1929-HERESY1. 
And you can also leave us an email at the Retreat at gmail.com. Thanks again. 